You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, one of the podcasts of the Dark Discussions News Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Going well. Excellent. And in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Hello, it's Johnny. Johnny, how are you? Excellent, sir. Excellent. Uh, so uh, for folks who have uh, stumbled upon us, uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is uh, generally once, one to two times uh, a month, generally, a podcast that uh, discusses genre films and whatnot. Uh, sometimes an interview, sometimes uh, just a review. And uh, basically, uh, you can find it on the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, the, the network has now uh, just had its 10th anniversary uh, just in March. Uh, so we've been around for a long time. So welcome if you just finally stumbled upon us. Uh, you can find uh, us also on Facebook with a Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group. You can email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com or just press contact us uh, link on darkdiscussions.com and it will open up a box where you can enter your email and send it that way as well. Uh, if you have anything of note, we will definitely read your news or, or opinions or suggestions or movies you've seen and whatnot and uh, a future episode. So do send us your emails. And we do have a Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com backslash darkdiscussions or just go to darkdiscussions.com and press the Patreon link and you can support the podcast that way because everything is free we only ask for donations only uh so that pretty much is uh the website uh now um let's see uh barrett what are we doing this month what, what's going on here well this happens to be pride month uh or lgbtq month as it's also known and we are watching a movie a week in the lesbian art house area genre <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nothing wrong with, uh, uh, I guess, um, homosexual films or films uh, in the grindhouse format or horror format where there's lesbianism or whatever. Uh, but we are trying to focus on art house and specifically uh, lesbian films. Uh, we did this last year as well, where we did AWOL and My Summer of Love, AWOL starring Lola Kirk and My Summer of Love. Uh, starring Emily Bunt. Uh, both of those episodes were fairly well received and uh, even got noticed by uh, the directors of AWOL, as a matter of fact. And uh, My Summer of Love, the one with Emily Bunt, is actually one of the 
largest downloaded episodes of the Hollywood Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast. Um, all right, so I guess we can get into our topic tonight. If there's any other information we want to bring up, uh, well, you know, like news or whatnot, we can we can talk about all that at the end if we have some time. But until then, uh, Barrett, what are we going to discuss tonight? We are going to discuss the movie Summertime. Um, I don't think I could say it in, uh, <laughs> I guess, La Belle Saison. <laughs> yes, that's very well. Excellent um, answer. And it came out in 2015. Um, and it is an interesting film. And we're going to discuss that tonight. Lorsque vous conduisez une voiture, vous appliquez le code de la route. Les femmes enceintes, leurs passagers, c'est la vie. Pour le droit des femmes, c'est des trucs que tu as l'impression de ne pas pouvoir faire juste parce que tu es une femme pour l'avortement libre et gratuit. Oh, il n'y a qu'à Mais c'est quoi, Zéhir Tu fais chier, Carole. C'est l'expérience sexuelle ou t'es amoureuse J'en sais rien, Manuel. Uh, that's right. Uh, summertime uh, 2015 uh, came out. Uh, as Barrett mentioned, La Belle Saison, which means uh, the beautiful season. Uh, so uh, when it was converted into the English language, the title, uh, they instead called it summertime rather than the beautiful season. Mm. Um, I guess it's considered a romantic drama film uh, directed and written by Catherine Corsini. Uh, she's a, a French uh, director. And uh, it stars Cécile de France, uh, probably best known uh, for genre fans for high tension and also uh, she did a film with, uh, what's his name? Hmm. Clint Eastwood. That's right. She did a huge film with Clint Eastwood a couple of years ago uh, entitled The Hereafter from 2010. Uh, this film here, um, she is listed as the lead. Uh, though uh, the secondary actress, Isia, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, Higelin, uh, she is I guess the focus character, even though she's not considered the lead, uh, and she is best known as a, a rock and roll, a punk rocker, eclectic type music in France, and uh, she does acting every so often too. Uh, the film, uh, as we mentioned, uh, was released in 2015, uh, August, um, but it did festival circuits prior to that. Um, uh, the film uh, received 91%. Uh, good reviews and uh, got a couple of nominations for the César Awards, uh, which is a uh, award. Uh, it's kind of, you know, not as big as 
uh, Oscars or anything, but uh, in France, um, Naomi Levosky, who plays the mother uh, character in this film, uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, and Cécile de France, uh, who was the blonde woman in this, was nominated for Best Lead Actress. Uh, Isra Higelin did not receive anything. Um, it's a period piece film, and uh, we'll discuss all that later. But uh, before we do, uh, let's discuss how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh, let's start with you, Johnny. I heard of this uh, movie for the first time when uh, Philip assigned it as uh, homework, so to speak, for Pride Month. Uh, it's the second film we've uh, watched this month uh, in this genre. Uh, other than that, I probably would never have heard of the film, and I have definitely never heard of Anybody involved in this film after I researched it, after I um, watched the film, which I went into completely blind, other than knowing it was an uh, art house uh, lesbian film uh, to review. Um, I will say the the I like peace periods, and I also like uh, movies that are typically a slow burn. This one's a little slower than I liked. Um, I feel as though part of the movie lacked um, maybe like a uh, like some type of climactic. Uh, you know, scenario in the movie where I was waiting for something to happen that was going to like, like maybe something terrible. I mean, I know it sounds bad to say that, but um, I was waiting for there to be like just a, a moment in the movie that really, you know, took me to the next level of, you know, peaking my interest. I typically like slow burn movies, although I felt this one was like pretty slow for my liking. Um, but with that being said, it was uh, beautifully shot and, you know, the landscapes of, France were absolutely gorgeous, and the, the, the parts that were filmed in, in the city, I don't know if it was actually filmed in Paris or not, but it was absolutely beautiful, and um, I like the throwback to the, the to the 70s. All right, very good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I actually heard about it uh, maybe in 2018, 2019 maybe, uh, basically uh, one of the early episodes of Halloween Boutique Psychotron Reviews. Uh, during its like first nine or so episodes, uh, one of them uh, I did as a solo uh, where I reviewed six different or seven different uh, LGBTQ films for Pride Month. And this was one of them. I discovered it basically if you uh, just type in uh, um, something like uh, important LGBTQ films in the past 10 years or whatever on Google or something. Things pop up and this would happen to be one of them. Uh, so that's how I heard about it. Um, so yeah, I actually watched it way back uh, then. So 2019. Um, and then uh, yeah, we, we uh, watched it last night. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a, a pr pretty pretty interesting film. Uh, it It's the first time I watched it, I liked it a whole lot more than I did this time but i still did like it um it, it does have a political message to it unlike uh the other films that we've done for pride month uh which um kind of leaves a little bad taste in my mouth because I, I i prefer just drama without any political or uh anything like that added in uh but but generally uh the the acting was pretty solid uh cinematography obviously was really good because a, a good portion of it takes place in central west france uh and in, in like the rural farming areas so uh it kind of reminded me of uh new england as a matter of fact where, where both me and johnny noel are located um the 
uh, characters are uh, are a bit uh, immature as people. Um, so so that may may be a problem for some people. Um, but generally, uh, the film is well done and a pretty solid film. Um, and and whatnot. So yeah, I, I'll give it a, a thumbs up. Uh, maybe a light recommend for for viewing uh, because again, it depends on your taste of of stuff. Uh, the film is uh, French language, so I expect subtitles. And and um, also, it is a period piece, uh, which was kind of cool uh, because it takes place in the early seventies. Uh, Barrett. Um. <laughs> Phil finds movies and I watch them. Um, he definitely is able to find some that I would probably never have found. And this one is a good movie. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I have to say that the two characters are at times likable and unlikable, and it makes it a little hard to watch and they do a lot of reversals. Um, it's hard to respect some of the choices they make, which makes it hard for me to watch just because they act so immature, like you said, and kind of dumb. Um, I actually liked the first 30 minutes, which would include the political part of it that you were talking about. But I liked it because there was some sadness, yet some joy throughout that part. And once you get past that, you, you start with the joy and start to move into the unhappiness throughout the rest of the film. Um, it's a good drama, but, you know, it's not a happy drama. So if you're expecting a great ending where you're going to be like, yes, you're not going to get that from this film. And like Phil said, it is in French. You get subtitles and can watch it that way if you don't know French. All right. Very good. Uh, so that's pretty much that. Uh, with that stated, uh, do we have a wiki, Barrett? Indeed, we do. A young woman moves from the French countryside to Paris and begins a passionate love affair with a feminist leader in this drama set in 1970s France. All right. All right. So so the film has a lot of interesting aspects to it because uh, um, it does take place during, the, I guess, the women's lib movement or, or at the very tail end of it. Um, and and even though it's it's there and important it's it's almost like not important for one character but um somewhat important for another it's almost like they i don't even know if they're at that point in life very uh into it but by the end the one of the lead characters is most certainly uh big into uh women's issues uh um, for sure. Uh, also, it's the fish out of water story uh, because you do have an individual that uh, comes from a rural area and lands up in the city. Uh, and you also have the, the differences of uh, individuals uh, where one comes from uh, a rural section and another comes from a city or urban environment. And so obviously their, their life experiences are completely different. Um, so that that are some interesting aspects there, um, uh, and I guess um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of messages too in the film too. Well, is it really trying to say that uh, your individual 
being is more important than your family. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean we, we'll, we'll discuss and, and go through a bunch of things uh, and talk. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, all right. So we, uh, for folks who are curious, we do critique and review films. We do not just um, review them. So when we critique, we dissect and analyze, and therefore we will talk about everything and anything. Uh, so it will be a spoiler podcast. We do talk about specific plot points and whatnot, but we will throw out the spoiler alert when we get to it. Until then, we can talk about generalizations and things of that nature. Um, so uh, let's let's talk about that. Um, so uh, what will be your, your... Yeah, go on. Sorry. I was going to say, I think the biggest thing is, like Johnny said, it's beautifully shot. I mean, this movie opens just majestically. I mean, the cinematography is top notch. It's just filmed really, really well. Yeah, uh, the cinematographer is uh, uh, Jeannie Laporier. Um, she has done dozens of films in France. Um, I haven't bothered looking through to see if uh, she's well-known or anything, but she has been nominated for the Caesar Award for Best Cinematography for her work in at least two films, uh, and oddly, this was not one of them. Um, so, yeah, she's very prolific in uh france uh, she's actually worked with luc besson uh who a lot of genre fans would know for uh, a number of films um yeah so i would agree with you there um uh the the location uh of this this film specifically the non-parisian parts uh is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and uh the cinematographer as we as you mentioned barrett um I guess paints a picture of the area just as, as I stated. So, yeah. And I know well, John, similarly, when you get to Paris, you get the feel of how small the places are that they stay in and all that and, and how close it is and how many people are moving around. So it's a nice dichotomy between the two things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the Parisian setting, uh, you wouldn't know it's Paris um, because a lot of it's indoor uh, filming and, so I, I don't even know if they really even filmed it in Paris, uh, but um, you do get the urban feel, um, unlike you do in the rural town. Uh, though, though Paris oddly didn't look like a big city, like the metropolitan city that it is in this film. But again, that may be because it's it was a lot of indoor filming, right? They didn't show a lot of major street scenes or any of the big roads that you know you would see in a film where say a film like Taxi Driver, which takes place in New York City or Goodfellas or something like that. Um, but the dichotomy, as you mentioned, uh, or differences between the two settings is, is most certainly noticeable. Uh, John, I know you mentioned that uh, you thought the cinematography was pretty solid when I was talking to you a couple of days ago on instant message or, or text or whatever it is. Yeah, no, what, what I thought was really cool about how they shot the film, aside from just the landscapes of the, you know, the countrysides, um, was how, however they, however, the, you know, the director chose to film this, it seemed like maybe you're watching like a 20 or 25 year old movie, even though it was shot, you know, five years ago or whatever it was, it really felt, however they were shooting it, like this might be a movie literally from 1972 or something, you know, and, and I think it was set in 1971 and, Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I just thought it was really cool. I thought that was actually the, the, the best part of the movie for me, uh, even more so than the storyline and the acting, which I thought was excellent. And I thought the writing was good, too. I just thought the character development or the plot line fell a little short for me. But going back to the cinematography is absolutely you know, breathtaking, beautiful. Make me, made me want to book a flight uh, across the Atlantic <laughs> like as, as soon as possible. I've never been to Paris. I know you've been, Phil. But, um, yeah, I want to get over there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's an interesting thing that you 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 uh, mentioned, John, about uh, how it looks because yeah, they they definitely um, uh, were correct with the the clothing, uh, the vehicles, and all that. Uh, so there was no like mistakes where they had a, a modern day tractor or a modern day car or how people would dress in 2021 appear in this film. So you, you could tell that. It was 1971, based off of uh, uh, the the um, I guess uh, whatever whatever it calls uh, what do they call those well, people I, the the people that that do the costume design and all that wardrobe stuff wardrobe design or whatever it is yeah wardrobe design as well as uh, location uh, scouts and, and all that other stuff well and I don't think the clothing was overemphasized like sometimes you'll get a 70s movie and it's just ridiculous how crazy they go with like the most outrageous outfits that were worn then this was yeah, all normal like, stuff yeah, yeah they yeah. look like Greg Brady when he's like you know right exactly <laughs> right right yeah 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 I mean it was very important that they did say the they had the placards in the film that told you the date for sure uh, because even though it is a period piece, it doesn't feel dated either. Um, even though it, you, you do know um, that it's not 2021 vehicles, for for example. Um, now, let's see. Uh, what other things do we want to talk about um, that is not necessarily spoilery alert, but, but could be related to this film or a theme or anything of that nature? Any, anybody have anything? Well, you have the feminism theme, um, and I think you see it from two angles. You see it from the city perspective, and you see it from the the rural area perspective, um, because you get to see how it works out with the one woman in her relationship, and then you get to see when they go to the rural area how it works out there as well. And it definitely it has different ways of playing out in both locations. And I think it's it's true to what you'd probably see in those locations. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously the main thing is the year, right? Right. I mean, so yeah. in 2021, things are most certainly different than they were in 1971, uh, because again, we're talking 50 years ago. That's that's crazy. Uh, oh my God, 1971 <laughs> is 50 years ago. Um, so yeah, that that. Uh, Obviously, we'll show you know the, how how uh, um, ge- the genders were were in two different time periods today versus then. Uh, also, today versus then uh, then was where you did have these uh, groups of uh, I guess feminists or, or organizations that really pushed women's rights and and actually uh, interestingly created a divide between. Um, woman never mind everybody else because some women uh looked at it differently than than the, the say the woman in this film here so because uh you can be a feminist and not be politically motivated while uh the people here um you could you could call 
um, either rabble rousers or even annoying, depending on, on your perspective, or you could co consider them uh, forward thinkers too. So, it, I mean, that, that's the problem with, with um, all groups. groups. <laughs> yeah, 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 all groups is, is that they can be looked at positively, but they have as many negative aspects of them as well. Like they didn't want to help out some men who were in the same situation that were gay because they wanted to focus on women's rights. Right. Well, and, and again, I, I remember thinking, uh, watching that the first time and now watching it last night. And I, I was interested in that because they were talking about uh, that's that's the beginning of intersectionality right there, right? Yeah. And and you can see how some women would say, yeah, but this group is specifically created to focus on women's rights. We're not here specifically for gay rights or for for human rights or for whatever. You know, you know. So once you start expanding the group, then you dilute your your struggle as well as dilute your uh, focus. Even if that focus, looking at, say, like you said, homosexual men's rights or, or just mentally ill people, for that matter, because they, they talk about someone that was mentally ill as well or possibly ill. And, and even though that to help those people is very uh, humanitarian or Christian, if you prefer, um, some people say, yeah, but that's not, not what this group's about. So... I, I mean, it, it, yeah, that's a really good aspect, and I'm, I'm not judging either way, but I do like how it showed intersectionality just beginning to either creep into the focus of a group, either positively or negatively, depending on how you look at it. Um, based off of 2021, you could actually argue intersectionality as is, is a bad thing, um, because, you know, if, if you're not part of who, what intersectionality is, you're ignored. Um, or certain people in that intersectionality are, are of the focus, while, say, you know, Jewish folk in Israel are considered bad, or Asian people are considered uh, side white rather than actually minorities. And, and, you know, and so you get so many problems with it. So I, I liked how that was put in, and I don't know if that was intentional or if it was. Uh, not because you could look at it as intentional because again, this is 2015, this film came out. So six years ago and intersectionality had already just begun. So I don't know. What's your guys' well, thoughts? I, I actually think intersectionality has been around since humans have been around. Um, okay. I think any group becomes a victim of it as, as it gets larger and more powerful and it tries to expand its influence and, it looks for other ways to achieve its ends and then it becomes bigger and bigger and more diluted and more diluted. And then it becomes, and it corrupt. becomes grifting too. <laughs> yeah. It becomes corrupt at some point. I mean, yeah. everything turns out this way. It's the human endeavor, right? So you have a small group and a small group tries to get small things done. You get a big group and it starts becoming bigger and problematic. Right, right, and and again, this is this is just one thing where they wanted to help our, a relative or a friend of a relative or something like uh, that. And keep in and mind, so, he was getting shock therapy because he was gay. I don't know right. if that's what was happening in France at the time because I've not looked well at it historically. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and again, we're we're only hearing the perspective of one character. She could have right. been just lying, or she could have just heard that that was what, what was going on. I mean, we, we don't really know any information at all. Right. Um, I mean, we'll we'll. We'll take her for granted, I guess, 
be, you know, but I mean, if this was real life, we, we would say, are you sure that he's in there because of that reason and that they're actually shocking him and all this other stuff. But again, this is a movie and they only have like five minutes to, to go over it. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the, the what they do to free the guy, you know, is interesting. But what was there other ways they could have gone about it, too? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you, you know, Barrett, me and you were doing a, a podcast called uh, Bodices and Corsets, the Nevers podcast. And, and there was an execution of, of a murderer in that. And these people decided to try to free that person instead of going through like the, the, the courts. And we were like ripping the, that episode of the show because it's like, well, the person is a murderer. And why would you want to become a criminal by trying to free a murderer? And and not that that this she didn't just kill one person; she killed multiple people. Right. She, she was a mass but, murderer. But but my point here is is that you know that whether that's not a good analogy or not, it's somewhat of an analogy. And, and the analogy is: do they have all the questions answered before they even do what they do? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess it was a, a good thing to try to save someone from that situation, assuming that's exactly what was really happening. Um, but historically, uh, we know that took place. So yeah, regardless, essentially, if you know this guy was in there for a legitimate, you know, mental illness, uh, you know, who knows what, and then by happenstance, he just happened to be gay and in there. We we don't know, but we'll give her the benefit of the doubt to think that that was the case. But historically, yeah. we know that these these ridiculous, uh, archaic, uh, barbaric, you know shock therapies and stuff to treat homosexuality and all these other things over the years. And when I say over the years, I mean, over the past 50 plus years or whatever have happened. It's well documented. It's, uh, you know, it's obviously pretty, pretty ludicrous looking back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how, how, how much of that is in the past 50 years, but I, I would most certainly agree that we all know that, you know, in the 1920s and 30s, for sure. Depending um, on the country, it still happens right now. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you go to a, a certain country in a, in a certain part of Asia, for example, and we won't even name the, the region, the, you know, terrible things happen to you, you know. I mean, yeah. we, we still have countries where if you steal a, a cookie, they, they chop your hand off, you know, or your fingers off or something. So, right. the, there's a lot of strange things that go on. That's for sure. Yeah. The also thing about this movie is that it's set in 1971, right? So that's even before Roe v. Wade was decided in the United States, which is only think about it, it's only 50 years ago, right? So it's pretty unbelievable, you know, like how recent history that that decision was. And, and that's like, a big part of the beginning of the movie too. Right. Right. And, and like Barrett said that um, in, in other countries, you know, you know, there's certain laws will be, you know, far behind maybe the United States laws and probably vice versa, you know? Right, right. Yeah, this is France. So I, we have no idea how the abortion rights exactly. go on there. But but they do talk about abortion in this film a bit. That's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's an interesting thing. Uh, you, you could, It's definitely one sided for sure. So I'm, I'm not going to say whether I, uh, side I, I don't agree that it's one-sided because it's just you're seeing it from the perspective of these women but they have a doctor in there that's talking about the sanctity of life so yeah I okay really call it one-sided because By the way, what did they throw at him or is that i was trying to figure that out too i could not figure out i, I thought it. it was baby pigs but i could be wrong oh it might have been 
Uh, I, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Is that a spoiler, uh, Phil? I apologize if it is. Uh, no, no, that's not, not a big spoiler at all. That's not a big deal. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I mean, again, though, you know, you, you have a writer who happens to be the director, and she decides to write it a certain way. So even if we're just looking at things through these characters, it's still a perspective of of somebody, you know, which is the writer. Um, but yeah, that, that is fair. They did show a, a medical doctor, uh, at a university discussing, uh, his opinion of, uh, pro-life and, and, um, and then they showed these, these ladies, um, you know, and it was interesting too, because one woman is completely political and one is not. They were Um, agitators. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, and these are, you know, you can debate, you know, um, was it okay for them to heckle or was it not? I, I'll go come right out on the, and state that um, if if you're uh, not a fan, um, I guess you probably shouldn't shouldn't listen or, or you shouldn't be there. But I mean, if other people want to hear a, per, a certain perspective, especially if it's not racist or murdering then i guess you just don't listen you don't harass the people right yeah i i agree with you phil is you know i think that when you're a disruptor i think that's that's where you have a problem because people have a right to hear views and opinions as long as they're not illegal or i guess uh whatnot but to go there to purposely just disrupt the whole thing uh i'm completely against i think it's i think it's ludicrous i mean if you want to wait till there's an open mic and you can ask your question uh even if it's uh on the opposite end of the spectrum of what they're speaking about to see what kind of response you get or whatever that's your right and and if you're invited to do that great but when you're disrupting something other people may very well want to hear i just absolutely hate it well i have a question about that so if if he's representing authority which we don't know but he is representing like a doctor he is a doctor. He's representing that part of authority. What if you never get the microphone? How do you make an impact and how do you talk? What if they don't let them speak at these events? Well, right. Some events are closed mic, right? Some events you just go, you listen and you leave. It's think about, uh, you know, most comedy shows or whatever. I mean, you know, you're there, you listen to the jokes and you leave. But if you become too, too, too disruptive, they'll throw you out of there. You can throw a couple of heckles out there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, well, and, you're out. Yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, closed mic. I mean, I, you know, you have events that have uh, no questions. You go in, you listen, and, and you leave. Now, if you don't like that, you know, you, you you just don't go. If you do like it, you do go. And if you don't like it, should you protest? Uh, I, I guess you could protest or, or or stand outside and say I don't like this or whatever. Um, but again, you know, it all depends because a lot I mean, of times with, when people protest, they're protesting people for for no reason in some cases, I, you well, know, just because they're of a certain group. Let's protest them, even if what they're saying is just an opinion that isn't is fairly innocuous. Here's the perspective I'm coming from. If we didn't have people who protested and even agitated violently, we'd still be working more than 40 hours a week. It was not a nonviolent protest that got us to where we are as far as where we are as workers. Right. But but was was the, the doctor someone that required violence or I don't know. agitation? We're not given enough info. Oh, you're right. There you go. So we, we're yeah. not given enough info. So you could argue the same thing as I did about the, uh, 
the the guy in the mental institution. But based off of what we heard, because again, you know, you, you mentioned Barrett. Well, what we heard, you know, we, we, it's that's we, you know, let's give the person the benefit of doubt. It seemed like he was just a medical doctor that was trying to state that. Uh, uh, life is at conception, I guess. Now, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that that's what he was stating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and therefore, um, if you disagree with that, then then you disagree with that. So it now comes down to: should a woman have a right to um, uh, abort, abort a fetus and or or not have a, a pregnancy they don't want? And again, that's where the other side comes, which is they say, well, okay, but if you do that, you're killing somebody because someone is, is alive uh, the moment of conception. So again, that's just a debate that people will have until yeah, I don't want to have that uh, until the here. Chinese nuke us all and kill us. <laughs> I don't um, have but, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not. My saying point I'm, was I'm, more. I I understand your guys' perspective. I'm also showing that I have this whole other side of me that can kind of sympathize with where they're coming from and i too agree that yes there are some functions where there should not be protests and people doing whatever they feel like because everything becomes chaos at that point right yeah. and you can't get anything done but i do also sympathize with them is just what the point i guess i was making which in a long long way <laughs> okay no and that's that's fair i, I mean I, I it depends i mean if we look at it like you said, which is the 40 work hour work week and all that, where companies take advantage and, it, and I know you're really anti-corporation as, as I, I am too, especially as we see companies buying out each other and they just become these giants. Um, and speaking of, of a great uh, line in, in movie history comes from the movie network where Ned Beatty, who rest in peace, just passed away a couple of days ago, had a great speech about how there are no countries anymore. It's just corporations. So you're absolutely right there. And, and so people had to be agitators. I mean, you know, uh, civil rights, for example, when, um, uh, in, in India, when, when they wanted the British out, you know, you see that in the movie Gandhi, where they let's be peaceful and make the British do the violence. And when they do the violence, they look foolish and then they're forced to leave. Um, so you're, you're right. I mean, and again, all of it comes down to people being bad with people. But when it's a, a, a perspective or opinion and it has nothing to do with, I mean, you can argue that says, well, it does have something to do with politics because uh, you're trying to ban us from having abortions or someone else is trying to say, well, you're trying to kill life. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess you can, you know, I, I, I see your point, but I, I kind of dislike agitators. I'm saying, I guess. No. And I understand that. I mean, yeah. it's just, we don't know what this guy's position is. I mean, he's saying, yes, this is when life starts and he's saying it as a doctor. So he's saying it as an authority figure, um, you know, and then these women at, at this po point in time don't have the same rights. So they become kind of second class citizens at that point And they're acting out like they pinched that one guy's butt. <laughs> he didn't like that very much. And they right. probably shouldn't do that. Cause that's even, that's, like violating his personal space right right i know what their point was but what happens yeah. if that guy never did that ever to a woman and that's a, that's the problem of what they were doing is that they're just doing it random people they didn't get a list of people they know who've pinched people's butts and hey let's do it to that person back so when you do it to just random people 
you know, I'm I, I'm immediately going to hate your guts for it, and I'll never never support you politically ever ever because you're you're, you're just being a dink. So. Um, with this doctor, yeah, I mean, you could argue that he's, as an authority figure, he's given a, a perspective, but I mean, it's, I mean, he, he went to college for it. So he went to college for, for, to become a medical doctor. So I, I don't know if that should be put against him for giving his opinion. You know, I mean, I mean, if anything, he still can have an opinion, even if some people say, well, he's, he's a doctor. So it's an authority figure. Well, maybe in his mind, it's, I'm not being an authority figure. I'm just making a point. I don't maybe think he's, he maybe he's coming, a, maybe, maybe he was coming th through it. Maybe he was coming through it with a, as a Catholic faith person, you know, we, we don't know because again, you, we don't know enough about this guy. Right. I mean, he could have been just a religious guy that happened to be a doctor, you know, I don't know. Um, but either way, yeah, this, this isn't really about abortion. Um, no. it, it was just one of the, the tiny the, theme in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually turns out to be a bigger theme because yeah. of where the the blonde woman happens to land up at the end. But uh, it really was just showing what they were doing and what things they yeah. were taking part in and how they were agitators and they were a bunch of women meeting together and then doing these many different things to confound the male authority figures. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, that's that's the problem with this this, this doctor, right? Is that he's male. Yeah. He's he's a medical doctor, so as you said, that could be interpreted as an authority figure, and he has a a perspective that these specific women, not all women, but these specific women disagree with. Yeah, well, and there were women in there listening to him that were not doing that. So. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right, which is which is uh, real life, right? You always right, have, exactly. Yeah, basically yeah. everything's divided just about fifty fifty on every issue. Like half the people think this, and the other half think that. You know, so that's the paradox, and not much has changed. You know, um, you know what I thought was really cool of this movie is that it showed um, uh, the girl from the farm. Her name's escaping me. I apologize. Delphine. 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 Thank you so much. By the way, it's a beautiful name, right? Delphine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um, a great name. But anyway, it showed her being poor on the countryside and then basically just as poor and struggling when she went to the city. Yeah, I was like, man, she had that little gas thing to heat up cans of food. Right. Oh, man. Right. And that's and that's the reality of the world is that there's people that are poor live in the rural areas and there's people that are poor and live in big cities. And that's the reality yes. of the world. And I thought that, that was that was that cool. That was what's great about the movie AWOL, because I, I brought it up big time in that film when we talked about it, Barrett, uh, how – you know, I, I stated there's no such thing as white privilege because if there was, these people aren't getting it because they're dirt poor Pennsylvania people. We saw that re recently in Mayor of Easttown, for example. So, so you know, and 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 I, I, in theory, all three of us are quote unquote white, right? But I mean, I never looked at myself. I don't even know what the hell that means. I, I was, you know, French American or Portuguese American or, or whatever. I, I, you know, John, you were French American, German American, Welsh American, whatever. They, they, we, we never said we're white and we're proud of it. You know, that, that was all. It's it's a construct made up right now in in 2021 by a bunch of kooks. And and so when you're poor, no matter what, actually actually, you know what? I I saw it somewhere and oh, it was a, it was who the hell wrote this? It was just in a article. It was a tweet. They said, yeah, oh, it was uh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald, he's a great liberal uh, writer. And he wrote that there's such a thing as elitist privilege. 
but the not, not white privilege. So, so you have you have like wealthy folk, um, or, or people that are born wealthy, or people that just just have something because that's of the, the only place we get trickle down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we get the 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 obvious. Hey, you must be privileged. You're right. Without the money. <laughs> You're right, right. And, and there's always a chance that someone can break out of it. You know, a lot of people broke out of it. Ronald Reagan broke out of it. Uh, he was po- dirt poor when he was a kid. Bill Clinton was dirt poor when he was a kid. You know, so there's two recent presidents. Gerald Ford was a was dirt poor when he was a kid. So there, there's examples of people that have been poor that have been able to break out of it. But a lot of our movers and shakers and stuff, a lot of the people we, we, we know, uh, you know, they, they come from privileged backgrounds. and and so this here, this movie here shows a woman who, like John, you've mentioned, uh, a woman who, who's, who's, you know, they, I mean, they have to, oddly, their the farm doesn't have any hires, so they have to do it all themselves. Uh, when they need farm equipment, they have to pool their resources with other local farms. It's like a co-op, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's they all like work co-op. together and they, they buy the machinery and everything. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. no one can afford, you know, a, a $40,000, you know, certain type of bailer or something. So they they pull their money together and then they get a bailer or something. And and then everybody has it you know, once a day for the next, you know, so Monday we have it, Tuesday, you know, the, the Clementine family has it or whatever. And then, um, and then yeah, and then when she goes to, to Paris, you know, it's, she's going as a farm person of farming skill so she has no skill in paris because there's no farms in paris and and yeah so she's living in a, a crappy house probably in the, the, the no-go zones today of paris and um yeah she can't afford you but know, she has anything. some kind of office job right because they talk about yes. her sitting all the time we never see yeah. her job and what she does but she's got some kind of office job yeah, yeah. That was a weird thing about this film too, is that they just show her one day in at the farm and then the next day she's in Paris and you know, they have the placard, but they don't show her saying, Dad and Mama have decided to move to Paris, I wanna, you know, do this and and see what their parents the parents say, like, you know, all right, well, we're gonna miss you, we prefer that you stay, but but they don't go through any of that. So it was kinda odd how that worked out. We also um, don't know exactly how much time went from when she graduated high school and got a heartbroken by her childhood love. To yeah. when she met up with the uh, the older woman, um, the one who ended up being her girlfriend for a while. We don't really know how long that went, you know? Yeah, because I, I don't know how old she is supposed to be in 1971. You're right. Yeah. That's good. I mean, you figure she's in her early 20s, right? You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. No doubt. And the other yeah. one's got to be 30 anyway. You know, yeah, been yeah. for quite a while and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. In real life, um, uh, the actress was 26 when she played the role, you know, the farming girl, uh, Delphine and Carol, that actress, uh, she was, I think late thirties at the time, uh, or, or, or about, oh, no, 39, I think. Yeah. About 39. So, so there was a big age difference between the two of them, um, in real life. So I think you're pretty much right, John, that they're trying to show Carol as like an older woman and, and, and Carol's a weird character too, because we, we don't know it seems like she must be privileged comes from because she, she doesn't need a job. She no, they never show anything. She's a oh, that's right. Yeah. She that's true. In her job. Yeah. They don't really show, show the show her at work though. You're right. Wait, she is, is she a, an actual teacher? She was a teacher or is she focusing no, her time on activism? She teaches, she teaches um, Spanish. Spanish. Right. Yeah. Spanish. Yeah. 
That's they just never show her at her job either. I think she yeah. has a job. She just doesn't. We never get to see those. Right. We we don't see much anything about her family life too. So we don't know if she's happily in a family with her mother and father and siblings or or she's alienated them. We 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 don't know anything about her. So her character really isn't that developed. It's weird when you think about it. Let's throw out the spoiler alert so we can talk about it. Yeah. Anything. All right. All right. So we're gonna talk spoiler. Uh, so we'll talk about anything and everything now and go into more detail about the two characters and, and their motivations and, and whatnot. So uh, spoiler alert is up. Well, what did you want to bring up, Barrett? Well, it's interesting because normally you see an older person like corrupting a younger person, but in this particular case, it's her kind of changing the older woman. Yeah. 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 It, it's a strange thing because it's similar to uh, the gymnast where we have a woman yeah. who thinks they're, um, I guess, heterosexual, but uh, by the end of the film, they're in a different box or the box is expanded. Um, wh whether that happens often or not in real life, I don't know. Obviously, obviously real life, they're, they're trying to open it up that way because they're trying to have people say they're more uh, omnisexual or, or pansexual or whatever. Um, and, and, and a lot of that could be true. A lot of it could just be um, political to try to um, open up um, the rights of, of a disenfranchised people a little more. I don't know, but I do think the films are oddly uh, alike in that way because you have two women who've never appeared to or even thought of it, and then by the end they're uh, full, you know, I guess uh, homosexual in a sense. Mm -hmm. I have no idea um, how that works in real life if, if that that is true uh if, or if it's uh because, again because they weren't closeted that's the thing so it's it's just interesting it's just i don't know i don't know how that works um any comments by anyone well i think uh delphine's character uh yeah but i'm not talking about delphine's i'm talking about carol oh yeah um delphine was 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 homosexual right from the beginning or right. lesbian right from the beginning yeah yeah i mean it's the old thing whether you you know, whether you're, um, like you said, sexually fluid or pansexual, omnisexual, or if you're just like born a certain way. And I think um, certainly the way things are going nowadays, people are more open to being fluid or or whatever. Those, certainly those are the definitions that we're, we're um, led to believe that are out there or whatever. Um, everybody has an opinion on this, just like, you know, most, <laughs> you know, um, whether yeah. you're born that way, you work into it or, you know, discover yourself or whatever, whatever it is. I figure whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I was just—it's just interesting though that uh, um, someone that's like you know thirty something in this movie and forty-two in the other movie, and then just at at, at that point in their life, they just suddenly determine that there's something. Again, you know, we, we all have our personal opinions of what we really think, but we're not going to state them because this isn't a political show. This is uh, a movie review and critique show. Um, so, so, and, and hate mail. In the gymnast. Yeah, yeah, no hate mail. I think yeah. I said this in the gymnast. I think in your forties, you're starting to, I think you go through changes of who and what you are and things that you took for granted when you were like 18 are no longer necessarily true. And you reassess things and go from there. Um, so I think anyone could have, you know, a crisis of faith, you could say, 
and how they've lived their life and what they're doing and where they're going. Um, and, and so these, these films just choose to show it through a person's sexuality rather than a normal midlife crisis. Well, I wouldn't say it's an abnormal midlife crisis. I mean, I can say I know people that are going through transition now that are, you know, in their 40s. And it's just, you know, what they're going through. When, when, I, when I say uh, normal, I mean, I mean, standard. Yeah, I, I understand. More typical. Yeah. Is what yeah. I mean. yeah. Right. Yeah, because okay, so, so, you're dealing with sexuality as a whole, it's not a it's not a minor thing, especially when you're talking about. You know, if you're also going to be in a, a relationship with somebody of the same sex and you never have in your entire life, you had no, you know, so that's a that's a huge, you know, tra- um, you know, difference, I would assume. Right. Yeah. Never mind yeah. transition. And I assume when you say transition, you mean male to female or female to male. Yes. Fair? Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, now. uh Either way, that, that that's where these movies go, is we have a character that has never thought of, at least based off of the movie, hasn't thought of what um, that they were attracted to the same sex, and then by the end, that, that's their lifestyle. Um, so that, that, that obviously was uh, something of note. Um, but in this film here, just like The Gymnast, but this film here, uh, because her character was was equal lead in a sense uh delphine's character she was she was um lgbtq lesbian right right from from the beginning it seems uh she met a girl when she was 16 and so you could in in france i know at that period of time and maybe even still now it's not a big deal um but for us or in the united states that would be called uh uh statutory rape uh because it was and on the state yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, 26 year old uh, with a 16 year old girl. Um, so that's that was her first experience, and then since then, 16 on, she's been uh, a lesbian. Um, and and it depends. Well, and that like, girl obviously was more interested in where her life would go because she was gonna get married, and she had no problem leaving her for whatever i'm not even talking about that girl i'm talking about she tells oh. a story about even before her child, that her, one yeah yeah, yeah. that her very first experience was yeah was um yeah yeah so so uh well obviously 1971 in a rural section of france uh a very catholic country um it was difficult to uh be able to live a open life with someone of the same sex so her girlfriend, uh, when they graduate from high school, says that she's ending the relationship because she's going to go and get married and, quote unquote, live the normal life. And uh, when I say normal I life, I think she again, says I, that. I, I said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that. it comes right from the movie. Um, so now Delphine has to decide what she wants to do. And I think maybe one of her motivations of moving to Paris was because she wanted to be more open with that part of her being, her sexuality. And by staying in uh, the rural parts of France at her parents' farm, I don't think she would be able to do that, especially in 1971. She was expected to marry Antoine. Yeah. yeah. And if she'd have stayed much longer, that's what would have happened. 
Right, right. Yeah, so I don't know how it was in France, uh, but I guess back in those days, um, it appeared parents were, were trying to hook children up, like arranged marriage almost, similar to like we still see in such countries as India. Um, I think it was more because it was a small community and there weren't a lot of fish in the sea, so they, they had spent so much time together, everyone just kind of expected them to get married. Including Antoine, I think, expected yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Back in uh, those days, in 71, when you don't have vehicles, like everybody has vehicles now, um, never mind living in a small community, your options of finding a uh, spouse is obviously very limited compared to, say, us today, where um, you know I could just drive into Boston when I was single, and as you know, 1.7 million people and 50% of them are women and, and 30% of those women are singles looking for, for guys, you know, but here she probably has, a t- this is a small town of maybe what, 300 people. And it's probably only like 10 people she could choose, you know? Um, but again, she's not heterosexual. So those 10 people, she really doesn't have any interest in either. So, right. so yeah, not, only, not to mention that she's you know, going to have a succession plan for the farm because she she yep. apparently can't even own the farm or be considered a real farmer inheriting yep. the farm that she grew up on. And it was her parents probably without having a guy she's married to to kind of like help run it or whatnot. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, based off of what happens in the film, it appears that she would be able to do Definitely. that because you, if you don't have any other options, the woman, a woman uh, descendant is going to be able to take over the farm, but uh, that usually um, is very rare in this situation because most of the women, uh, like most people in general, uh, find someone that they're attracted to and get married. Um, so with her not getting married and having to take over the farm and again she's get, she's forced to take over the farm much younger than she probably was expected to cuz um you know we're in spoiler territory her father has a shock uh, most likely a, a stroke um and becomes uh, disabled uh so she here being a 22 year old girl or whatever is forced now to take over the farm uh or they could sell and for whatever reason her pride overtakes her um her uh i guess yeah I mean, just, yeah <laughs> yeah right right well i don't know i mean if she wanted that's the thing if she liked farming which it seems like she did but yeah her sexuality was more important to her than her farm so if you're you you have to choose one one or the other back in 1971 um actually even even maybe um today because you know if you live in the middle of nowhere your options are small anyway. So um, if she just sold, collected the money, her mother and father can go, you know, retire, and then she could go off to Paris again. But for some reason, she doesn't want to do that, and, and I, don't, I don't get it. Well, you it's know? all she's known, aside from a little bit of time in Paris. You know, I think back to things my mom said about how when back then she couldn't even have a checkbook without my dad or a credit card and things like that, you know. So it's it's interesting to hear things like that. And you think about, you know, 1971 and yeah, it was 50 years ago and women definitely still, while they had the right to vote and everything didn't definitely didn't have the same rights, even if they technically had them. 
Well, I, I honestly, I have no idea. I mean, what you're saying, I know that well, some of those things that you said were, were true. I, I don't know if they were true in 71 in the U.S. of A., but maybe they were. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think they were, but maybe maybe in the 50s. Not much before then, because yeah, I don't, I don't they, know. Yeah. They were married, you know, in the 60s, so. Okay. Um, so, but either way, here she does get to take over the farm. And actually, it was interesting, too, because they show that she's a little reckless, too, because she went and got a loan from the bank. And the guy that runs the the group group farming that the, that she's part of was a bit perturbed. Well, and, she made the meeting with the bank. She didn't get a loan. She made the right, meeting. right, right, right. Yeah. And, and the thing was, is that you were immediately thinking, oh, oh, here's a misogynist moment where he's going to say, you can't do that. You're a woman. But that's not what it was at all. She broke protocol, which is every farmer, whether it was her or any of the other members, which were all male, they are supposed to go to the president of this committee. And he is the one that sets up the meetings. So um, it was just interesting to, to see. But it also showed, it made you think that it was going to be a misogynist moment, but it also turned out and lets us know that they were taking her as a equal in that meeting, in the sense that she yeah. was the that represented that farm. So that was interesting too. Um, so the movie has its feminist moments, but it also has its moments where it. Yeah, it, it's was, interesting because it's it's talking a lot about feminism, but you get to see the male perspective a lot, like when when. Carol leaves the guy she's with. Right. She's really putting upon him because she's sleeping with this other woman and leaving him for a woman yet expecting to come back there and stay in their bed or whatever. And he finally tells her, no, you're not sleeping in our bed. You can sleep somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carol was, <laughs> I didn't like Carol at all for a number of reasons. That was one because it's like, you just break up with them and you move on. You, you, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't say, I want to have an open relationship where I can, I can go off five hours a day doing this and then come back to you and sleep in our bed. And, and eventually he goes, this, this ain't going to work. This ain't, no, you, you don't. And he wrestles people. with it for a while. Like, yeah, which is weird. <laughs> it's It's like, it's like just common sense. It's like, what? Well, yeah. I mean, even he it's, certainly what? didn't seem like a bad guy, Phil. I mean, no. was, I mean, you know, he seemed like a good, right. Dude from what you could tell kind of like, Almost like dorky or whatever, but definitely like an all right guy, right? Right. Well, yeah, he was a, he was a typical left wing hippie like her, she was. So you know, they they he was he was fine. To, you know, he, he was all right with everything that she did and stuff. But the the point came where where I mean, he wasn't even pissed that it was necessary. She was a lesbian or was going to be or bi or whatever you want to call it. Uh, she was he was more, he finally just got pissed. It's like, dude, you get him you get him banged by someone else. What the hell? You can't do that. You can't do that. If we're if we're boyfriend girlfriend, you can't you can't do that. You know. So yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I also liked Antoine's comment to Delphine, which oh. is, when when he she kisses him to to try to calm people from thinking she was a lesbian, and and he goes, I know what you are. Don't lie and don't use me as your window dressing. And he really puts her in her place. And it's it was That's smart. an awesome scene. Yeah, because because this guy has dignity. Well, well, he's not a pansy to her. So, when I say pansy, people yeah, know I know. Uh, I don't well, and he's like, you met Patsy Phil. I don't know. Well, yeah, and he's right, nice Patsy. about it yeah, too. He's yeah, like, I, I did, yeah. 
there's too much between us. You're too important. You've been too important to me for this to come between us. So he even like lets it go. Right, right. That she's done that. She's made him look bad in front of all those guys who are talking about her currently because she's been yeah. seen kissing the, the girl and she does that. I mean, it's it's a great scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you find it a little weird, though, that he wasn't a little more accepting when he uh, he obviously probably assumed she was maybe a lesbian, um, you know, because they grew up together. Right. And you're right. telling me he didn't know. And then when he saw um her and a girlfriend together at the at the farmhouse that he would that that he would like be so shocked almost well you know what i still think that would shock you because until you you know you don't know you know what i'm saying you know you you can have your assumptions and it's eh, but then when you see it it's like boom it just hits you and so i think that's that's why that's fair enough yeah. Uh, also, also, I liked how the mother uh, and Delphine were talking. Where Delphine was, te- her mother Monique, and she was saying, uh, we, "We could do it just like men and whatever." And, and then the mother goes, "Well, yeah, I, yeah, but but you know, having the man around doesn't doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> I mean, it helps. I mean, I don't, you, you know, and because she was trying to say, you know, we have a right to." control the farm and this and that and it's like yeah but it was much easier when we had your dad not disabled because he could do half, half the work and now he's gone so it just lands to me and you and now there's only only two of us and you know unlike him who could lift three 250 pounds with no problems we're gonna have a little bit more of a problem so one is trying to be an idealist and the other one's being a realist when it's somewhere in between and and Delphine was was clueless because she was like saying, saying, you know, you know, it's not like put it this way. Even all men farmers, if say it's a, a farm that's owned by three brothers, they hire hands to help on the farm because they can't do it themselves anyway. So for Delphine to start try to make it a feminist point, her mother was like, "What? What are you talking about?" This well, it's interesting. They all have rude awakenings in this area, you know, when they're in the farm because. I don't think that Carol understands what goes on to make a farm run until she's been there for a while and she's getting right. blisters. <laughs> she's, she wants to help, but right. she's just not quite as, well, you know, I, I, there's a great podcast I listened to. And since it's a political podcast, I, I won't mention it. And again, this is a different one from the other one I mentioned in last week's, but um, the, the, the person in the podcast says, you have all these people in New York City or Chicago or or Portland, Oregon, wanting to do this, 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 and this, and which will hurt all the farmers. Um, and and they just they're they're st- stupid because they don't understand that all the food they see in the grocery store that they walk into is is produced and done by all those people in flyover country. So when you prevent this, 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 and this you're not going to see these things anymore in your grocery store or the prices are going to be seven times higher. And all these people in the city don't understand while they're just pressing their keyboards all day, like jackasses, they don't understand there's real people out in the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, 
collecting the corn, you know, having to make hay. They have to do hay, which doesn't have any value at all to people, but it feeds the cows that allows them to get the milk and the butter and the cheese and, you know, on and on. And so I would agree with that if there weren't corporations that owned 90% of the farms and the amount of food I see coming from out of the country now is staggering. Well, the, the thing so is, otherwise you know, I would maybe well, understand but, but, that. But, but, but you're wrong. See, because first of all, there's two things. One, a lot of those farms are small farms that sell their stuff to the giant farms. So, for example, up in New England, we have all these dairy farms that are small, and then they sell all their milk to a bigger company like Hood or Garlic. And then Garlic and Hood are the ones that sell the milk in the in the grocery store. But all that milk or a good percentage of that milk is actually from smaller farms that are just buy out. Same with, same with that maple syrup. The the guy, the Ben's Sugar Shack, he has his own trees, but then he buys a bunch of maple syrup from all these other people all over the, the state. And then they give it to him and then he boils it all together and he gives you, and then he sells it. So they're, they're, it's, it's a little more complicated than just big massive companies. And also, it's even though it's from, from in, in, even though a lot of it is from out, out of the country, like obviously your avocado, avocados 90 percent of the time you, you get them from, from mexico or, or strawberries you can't where, where are you getting your strawberries today because you know you can't get it Fish. you know you have to get you have to get it down in brazil because right now it's cold here or whatever but those are still small those are still people that are really doing the work it's not New i just York. think there's an assumption there that that somebody in a big city doesn't do anything too it's like saying the reverse that those people are jackasses because they're working on a keyboard. They're mm-hmm. doing work too, just like the people in flyover country. I hate that term. Everybody that's poor or middle class in this country is doing a job for the country. So no, just I see because they, I see they make food in the middle in the middle of the country doesn't make them any more important than people. That, on that, but that's not the, that's not the you, you missed my point. My point was with the podcast I said was if all those people just stopped, whether it's foreign places or the small state, the, the rural states, if you prefer, um, what would happen is there's just no more food in the grocery stores. No, that's and, not and, the New York, and the New Yorkers would, would be in trouble. No. Dude, dude, today because those people because, die too because they have no money coming in. Go ahead and stop farming. No, they, they wouldn't die because they could. They're, they're at least having their own farm. Dude, if there was no electricity and we were back into if 1820, all those people went on strike, their farms would be taken and food would be made anyway. If, if it was 1820, my point is, is in 1820, if you didn't make your own, had your own farm, you, you starved to death. But we're not in the 1820s. We're in a whole different that's era. That's my point. If, if, all right, well, that's we're off topic now. But my, all I was saying is, is Carol is clueless how farms are, just like you said, for exactly the same reasons. She is, but I'm not saying she's a jackass because of it. And I'm not saying that the farm people are better than she is or she's better than the farm people. They all provide an essential service in our in a country. They're all okay. I, I, yeah, I'm not comparing the, the people. I'm just saying if those people in the rural area, if Delphine's people stopped doing what they did in 1971, Par- Paris would, would, would suddenly have to pay four times the amount for, for food. And then there'd be a huge thing that happened and there'd be war or civil war or whatever. So you can't even speculate like that because that's never going to happen. But I know. But the only point was, is I was adding to your point, Barrett, which was a woman, this woman, Carol, comes to the out to the rural section 
and is completely clueless of the work that's done here to provide, get the food to, to where she is. I agree, but the the people in the farm also are completely clueless to what goes on in the city and how they work. So they're not the only important people is what I'm saying. Okay, I, I don't they, know. They where where did you get this important to... people thing? Though? I, I, don't, I don't think I, I implied it that at all. It sounds like what you're implying. Well, that, that comes that down to the famous assume thing. Jackasses which... on keyboards. Yeah. What would you call a jackass on a keyboard? A great person? A jackass on the keyboard? Well, it, uh, those people Not who... important is what I would get from that. All right. I'll, 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 all right. If, if you mis misunderstood what I'm talking about, I don't think I misunderstood. There, you said jackass. I don't know, dude, 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 dude. You dude, and dude. I are both jackasses on keyboards. What do we do? We do nothing. And I do feel like that sometimes. Well, all right. There so, you go. So, so I'm I calling a myself jackass. a jackass. I'm calling myself a jackass. Then how's that? <laughs> so why you care if I'm insulting myself? I mean, come on. What are you talking about? Anyway, um, so, so. Yeah, so Daph. What do you uh, think, Carol, Johnny? Wait, we want. I want to know what Johnny thinks now. He's 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 smiling over there. Yeah, he could probably just say, "I don't give a rat's ass." <laughs> uh, well, I can quote. I can quote quote Phil from uh, 1990 when he said, "As long as you pay your taxes and don't bother me, you can do whatever the hell you want to do." Yes. That is my quote. Yes. Yep. Um, so, uh, one thing that Carol was discussing was how her. She, uh, the father, who is disabled, and she she just rubs it into him that your daughter's gay and all this other. She I mean, talks like, to him the whole the time. Fuck? He can't do anything. He can't who? get away from it. But who who the hell would do that? That's just oh my god! Evil. I'll tell you who would do that. George Costanza. Remember <laughs> Peterman's mom? He's like, I got to tell you my code to my ATM card. That's that's all I kept thinking that whole time. I'm like, this oh, is. I, I never, I don't watch that. Show. Awesome. I never watched that show, so I, I wouldn't know. Awesome. If, if it's The Office or Archie Bunker, I know all every episode of those two shows, but or Three's Company, but but well, I never watched. Off, the, if you go off what the mom said, she didn't think he was there at all, and he didn't look like he was there at all. I mean, he was basically dead. I mean, if he wasn't dead, he's screaming inside that body, saying, "I wish I had died when I got this stroke." Yeah, it becomes a Metallica but, song. But, but but even it doesn't matter what wh whatever he he is because obviously obviously his life the quality of life is, isn't good anymore. But the the thing is is why would Carol do that? Yeah, like, I mean if unless he's she's a narcissistic sicko. Yeah, that's a sicko. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's just disgusting. I think we all didn't like her character all that much, and when she did that, I was like, this is terrible. I was so uncomfortable watching. I'm like, this this woman's a horrible woman. I liked her at the end. I think that she redeems herself in the end. She's trying to do something good, and she's using the feminine part of her from earlier in the movie to do what she considers good. But yeah, throughout this, it's all about selfishness. Like, but she but wants e Delphine, and that's even, all she sees. But even what she's doing at the end is good. It's depending on your perspective. It's not like she's helping homeless people, put it that way, or feeding no, the poor. I, I'm going. Right? She's her. doing something that's political. So, in her eyes, it's right, but the other fifty percent of the other people say it's disgusting. So, I, I don't really think I didn't really like her then either, because it wasn't like she was helping the poor. If she if she was at a food kitchen, setting up food kitchens and helping anybody and everybody, and what 
I, I then I say, okay, that's a true uh, humanist or whatever. But I don't think she saw that as a political issue, though. I thought she saw that as a female issue. I, that I, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. But again, that's her matter of perspective. Right, but we're all we're all slaves to our own perspective. But not necessarily, because if again, she could have chose anything, and she could have been. Uh, someone that helped people at a food kitchen instead, or, or well, you know, I think her becoming a lesbian made her more, even more, associated with women's issues. Okay, all right. Well, it, then, then she could have helped a poor woman that that yeah. were living on the street. I mean, you know, you see what I'm saying? You could, or, or, or women who are on drugs, let's help them. You know, but, well, but some of these women were in bad bad positions because if they had that baby, they might their lives might have been really bad. I, I, again, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. And I'm, again, I'm not going to take a side. I'm just saying that 50% of the population would say that she's not doing good. So if you look at that, those folk, uh, in other words, that's not the reason why. That's the main reason why I, her her ending really didn't redeem me, her in my eyes. It's because it was still a political issue she was doing. She wasn't just helping people. Yeah, but for me, it was like I don't. I'm I'm looking more at her motives than at the political issue. I don't. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, what, what... I don't care what the people on the other side of the issue think of the issue that I think about. You know, if I believe in something, just because you don't believe in it, doesn't make me feel like I'm wrong. I'm, oh, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying that doing what he did there is a political issue, even if you say it's not, because she could have been just helping people in a homeless kitchen or a woman on drugs or or single mothers or any any of these things she could have done that are as womany woman issues as what she decided to do, but she specifically chose a certain aspect, and therefore I didn't necessarily like the character at the end or felt she was redeemed as you did is all yeah, yeah, I just didn't like her in general, I mean at the end or anything i, I was in, I was indifferent about the ending actually. Um, I didn't think it was. In fact, I found the ending to, to be depressing. To be honest with you, it was very depressing. Yeah, well, it was supposed and, to be depressing at least halfway. But, but hey, I want to go back and, and mention something really quick. There was a part I yeah. think Delphine and her dad were having a little heart to heart after he had the stroke and became disabled. And remember, he reached out and like touched her very like yes. lovingly. So yeah. that shows that he was still in there somewhat, Barrett. So yeah, um, but the you, mom doesn't think so. Well, right. Yeah. The mom's just overwhelmed with, you know, the prospect of like doubling a workload and being and dying alone, basically. Um, especially knowing that the right. daughter's got one foot in, one foot out. But you want to talk about an unlikable character. Um, uh, and I don't know if this is the right time I want to even get into this, is that I thought the crescendo, if you will, of the movie was going to be one of two things. I was waiting for something bad to happen to Delphine, like when she was using the pitchfork up on top of the hay bale. I'm like, oh, she's going to fall on the pitchfork and die. And that's going to be like the <laughs> catalyst to make this like a true drama or something. And then that never happened. And then when she broke down and told the mother um, or the mother discovered she thought it was a lesbian. And then she you know, had the conversation with the girlfriend and all this stuff. I thought the mother, it was going to redeem the movie. The mother was going to be like, yeah, I kind of figured from a young age you were gay and who cares? You seem like you're in love and this is great. And then the mother went the other way with it. And I was like disgusted because I hated the mother's character because she it's wasn't worse. accepting. She yeah, wasn't accepting the daughter. She wasn't accepting of the daughter's girlfriend and treated her nothing but good, worked her ass off on the farm. It just, I don't know. You guys jump in. Sorry, I ranted. 
No, at the very end, what I really hate for the mother is when she comes back and the mom smiles. She gets a little grin on her face when they sit down at the table. And I'm just like, ooh, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 but you know what? It's 1971. Maybe... You know, she, her, her, maybe she's she's deep into her Catholicism, I, I, you know, religion. I don't know. We we don't learn enough about it. But it, again, I'll, I'll just state that in 1971, where you're you have this daughter, and the mom is all excited that she's going to get married and have kids, and then you find out, in a certain in a, in a, the way she finds out that it's something else. Um. Again, and, and again, that's the thing is that you can't judge people from a different time based off of the modern time standards. If that's the case, everybody from last year and before is, is pure evil. Um, so, you, you know, I mean, because now, you know, you get in people to say, well, the, the founding fathers of the United States aren't good because, you know, there are certain things happen and whatever, and, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, the Civil War used to be brother against brother. And now they're saying that the self was just evil. Everything's changed over the years. And, and today, a lot of people want to say, if you weren't this way in 19, uh, 18 Russia, then you're you were evil. And it's like you can't you can't compare. It's it's like comparing. John will understand this this one. It's like trying to compare the undefeated Miami Dolphins today uh, <laughs> against a, a team today when when their linemen were 100 pounds lighter back in 1970 whatever, and 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 linemen are, are 350 pounds now. You, you can't compare. You just can't compare. And so, well, it's like stupid acts that you do when you're a kid being brought back to haunt you and you lose your job because of it you know yeah yeah right right exactly yeah exactly so there's no forgiveness anymore like you can't do something in your past and say i was really stupid i'm sorry it doesn't matter at that point you're just and and bill you make an you make it unless you're unless you're jeffrey tubin you make an excellent point oh the governor of, of of uh of Virginia or, or Justin Trudeau with blackface. Exactly. Well, what other I was words, thinking unless about you're, that. if you're a liberal, you get away with it. Put it that way. But anyway, continue, John. <laughs> oh no, I mean, I mean that's a great take, Phil. You, I mean, you're absolutely right. But but unfortunately, the reality is that when we sit down in front of our televisions and watch these movies, if they're timepieces, we bring uh, our real world in our you know five decades of life experience to that movie present day. So right. when I'm watching the movie and the mother flipped out for xyz reasons i just said you know i can't stand the character now if i were to put on my thinking cap and say okay but let me transport myself back to 1971 you know shortly thereafter a decimated france after world war ii and etc etc and you know i'm sure her parents you know not only 1971 france was pretty good powerhouse they were a nuclear power everything well Fair enough, but I mean the reality is is that the country just 25 years before that was occupied by Nazis and Germans, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about a short period of time, which means her parents probably remember that as kids, and certainly her parents lived through that. Yep. Meaning grandparents, meaning grandparents. Yep. So they had all these uh, things to you know come into the table with all that knowledge and stuff passed on to the daughter. But that's not how we look at it through our lens, through our experience. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. People forget 
and I brought this up once on the Dark Discussions podcast, one of the other podcasts on the Dark Discussions News Network, uh, where I said we are now further away from the Vietnam War than we were from World War II when we were born. Because we were born in like 1970 or 74, somewhere in there, 69 for Barrett. We were only 25. We were only 25 (laughs) to 30 years prior was the end of World War II. Now, well, today, 2001, the end of Nam was 1975, which is 46 years ago. So we are further away from Nam than we were from Germany occupying all of Europe. 20, uh, you know, only 25 years before we were born. So, and the further we get from that, the less we remember or even understand of it. Uh, right. I mean, like kids today that are being born won't really appreciate 9/11. That, that, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we we have people who don't understand the Iranian Revolution. We we have people who don't understand the formation of Israel. And what happened in Israel, and so you can have U.S. Senator, a U.S. Congresswoman of the Democratic Party, be anti-Semitic publicly and be applauded for it in the United States today. Now uh, you're so, political. <laughs> so, so if if you can do that, it, the 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 problem is is that that yeah, there, there's a lot of things we can't we have today that we That's can't we can't Everything. base the people from 1971. Everything changes. Israel's changed too. So I mean, you can't really base everything about Israel on World War II and when they were formed. There are things going on now that affect everything. So I, yeah, I'm not That's saying right. that congressman, congressperson is right, but Israel's not perfect either. No country is. And you're right. No country is. I mean, you could just look at all the neighbors of of Israel, which are all Arabic. Yes. Uh, they're, they're apartheid states. They're the real apartheid states because all the Jews that used to live there are gone. And they, there was plenty of Jews there back in the 50s and 60s. Right. And they're all gone. So something happened. And, and while Israel has a huge population, uh, you know, I, who cares about it? We, we don't we're going to get hate mail for that. So we don't, it doesn't matter. But my point. Yeah. But we can't judge. Today, people from the 1971 would Bill, like today. agreed 100%, but you're telling me when you watched that and she flipped out on the girlfriend in the kitchen that you weren't like, oh, what a horrible woman. Because here's the reality. I know my mother would have been like that. Your mother wouldn't have been like that. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I can't speak for either of them, but I would I guess I would agree with you, John. But I don't know. In 1971, if 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 people came out as gay, it's a little harder. Again, I'm just if our parents were older, yeah. yeah, But this way, only five years ago, gays had to still be closeted, right? So it it, it was a big changes since then. So so, yeah, yeah, making good points, Phil. There's no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, so that's all I'm trying to say is that I mean. So I don't know. I, I mean, I still hated the mom, especially that little grin just made me mad. Yeah. So Phil, on the record, officially, did you like the mom or not like the mom? <laughs> oh yeah. All right. That's fair. That's a fair question. Um. Yeah, I I, I liked her. She was fine. I didn't hate her. I liked her until that point, the very end. Yeah, I thought she was gonna go. Yeah, that's great. I just want you to be happy. And then I would have been like, oh my god, a great message with this movie. And then it went the other way with it, and I'm like, you son of a bee. <laughs> what, what is that? What now? What happened? What is the scene you're talking about? And what was the message you were Derek, expecting? Tell him, please. Thank you. I, I'm completely confused. Then I, I don't. Because well, again, it, would, it wouldn't have fit. It wouldn't have fit in the film. 
when she finds them, yeah, but especially because of the time. But when she finds them in bed together, and yes, then sir. she tells um, Carol to leave, get out. Right. I don't ever want to see you here again. All right, all right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you here. I can give you an excellent analogy. If that's the scene you're talking about, my mother would have been pissed back in 1985 <laughs> if if my sister or my brother, as she walked in with them. And they were banging their their boyfriend or girlfriend. Well, they weren't banging. They were done. It was morning. Right. It was the same principle. <laughs> they, were, they were naked and they, they were spooning. So my point is, is that that my my mother would never ever let me have a girlfriend sleep over unless it was a separate bedroom. My parents okay? exactly the same. It, right. So <laughs> so if I was banging my girlfriend and and they walked in, they would have been upset. They would have probably done what this woman did. Just walked out. But later would say, I don't want you with that that girl anymore or, or something. So I don't think she was out of line. If, if just well, look at it, if it was a man that was banging her instead of a instead of a, a girl, she probably would have felt the same way. I don't agree. I think the mom would have been more okay if it was a guy. But well, I I'm sure she wouldn't have been shocked because again, heterosexuality at that time wasn't frowned upon. But unmarried and her, and she yeah, banged that's... some guy. She would have been pissed. So I I don't I don't think the mother was really out of whack with how any mother would act. I don't know about the whole. Act I never of... want to see you here again. You can never come here again. It's as if you didn't exist. That was well, going a little far. <laughs> well, I, I I agree, but you're absolutely right. I mean I mean because De- uh, Carol had a great point, which is I've been here for the past you know two months. You know it's me. You know now, and, and, but but then 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 Monique says, yeah, but this was before I found out what you your real per- reason was here, and it again though I th- we're looking at it as a a lesbian relationship, but if if you replace that with say some guy that she was friends with or some someone or co-worker that she brought back to help on the farm for two months and the mother walked in and found out they were banging she would have been pissed and said you get the fuck out of here no, if it was antoine if it was antoine she would have been okay with that i think i, I didn't say antoine I, first of all i don't even know if she would like antoine banging before they're married first of all i don't think she would want her daughter having sex before they get married period and second I'm not talking about Antoine. I'm talking about just some random <laughs> guy she brought back from Paris. I know. If he was bent, if she walked in and finds out they're naked in bed together, she would probably have done the same thing. Say, I want you out of my house and never come back here again as if you never existed. So I, I think, I, I don't think there was anything wrong. Put it, put, look at it that way, John, look at it that way. That, if if it was a guy she brought back and the mother found out that she was the, the guy was banging her daughter before they were married in 1971, um, it, it would have been Catholic a nation. It it could have been a similar response, but I don't think it would have been as visceral as they say. And yeah. either way, the response made me not like her character. I mean, I was just like, oh come on, you know? Yeah, I I I, uh, I just um, as I I just replaced the whole relationship as if it was a man. And uh, that's how my mother would have acted. So I, I, I don't problem. think it would have been the same. But I also think her little smile of triumph at the end, that just set me off. That was the final and, final thing on the whole coffin. Like, you're going to well, be miserable, my daughter, but thank you. 
Well, that's the thing is that this is a movie. It's written a specific way to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. I'm the type, I'm the type of viewer that refuses to listen to a writer's uh, tricks. And I put it always use analogies no matter what, because I know they're trying to make me hate or like someone based off of what they write in their script. And I say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take that and change it around and see how, how it would look as if it was a different way. Now we know why and, you like and, Cersei the Mass Killer. What are you talking about? No, she was just an awesome villain in Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, and actually, I hated I hated Cersei's until the until the, she became the a mass machine. killer. Until she became until she a mass began, killer. Until the walk because after the walk of shame, she needed to get vengeance, and that was awesome. Um, but anyway, I'm not. I'm talk, we're not talking about a, a fake show. You know, I, I love I love Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men too. That was a great character. But we're not talking about. We're talking about this movie. This movie here. I wasn't going to have the director screenwriter tell me how to think. I well, basically I took, give her the middle name. finger. I didn't like Monique. I didn't like Carol. Didn't like him. Didn't I like don't. Him. I don't feel like I was manipulated yeah. into feeling that way. I just think that's oh that's the, that the little smile that was obviously a manipulation. But I don't think it's the writer manipulating me. It's me watching the story and taking it for what I feel it is. You felt a different way about it, so obviously well, well, no. But maybe what the, they the intended writer, was for what you felt. But the writer didn't have to put the smile there, and and maybe maybe she was. Maybe happy. they didn't. Maybe the mom just. Maybe the actress that played the mom just did that. You don't know. But okay, well, the, the, either way, that that's what was was left on the you know edited and given out as the final film. It was, in my opinion, it, you could argue two things. You could say the mother was happy she got her daughter back, or you could say, "Ha ha, I I've won and you're 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 miserable." And and either way, that's a perspective. But I I I look at it as it was intentionally put there to make us not like the mother. But by that point, I had already um, changed up. The, the Carol role with a man to see how the mother would have reacted, and I think she would have reacted the same way. And the smile was just inc- you actually incendiary. thought about that while you were watching the movie. No, after I watch all the well, some kind of sort. I was saying how she's acting. It's like eh, it's 1971. People just do you know. And then I was, and then later when I'm prepping for this recording, I look at it and I go, well, was the mother really you know if it was a guy? The mother would be throw him out too. All right, so, let's not gloss over the fact of something, Phil. That yeah. watching this movie, my big problem with watching the movie, that there was no crescendo, there was no climax, there was no big explosion or something of something that was going to make me like really be gripped by this movie, and like waiting for yeah. something bad to happen or good even maybe maybe the good well, was be the, you know, and that's well, that's I, what I'm saying this. I didn't have a problem with that because I've, I've seen a lot of art house films and dramas that just go to black like this anyway the problem i had about this was that it was five years later and she gets the letter from delphine and the letter was was kind of was it was explains way too much of what happened in five years and and it doesn't explain why so why did she finally say gee we're selling the farm or why or why did she finally say gee i don't want to live in this town anymore and i'm going to start my own farm i mean it, it's just it was just a terrible uh letter 
because or, or ending for that reason because we should have known that well, all right she decided to say mom I'm, i've decided that i'm going to go off and start my own farm and these are the real but we don't see any of that we just we don't know if she her relationship with her mother and father are is intact or she left and like you fucking bastards even though it's her own fault for staying she could have just said fuck you i'm going to paris this is where i think there's a reversal because we we start with delphine (laughs) and we end with carol and we don't learn anything that happens once carol leaves that place right and yeah it just goes i don't think we're supposed to know those yeah i don't think we're supposed to know those answers we're supposed to know Maybe she left that village because everybody knew she was a lesbian at this point. Maybe they had to sell the farm because the father got too sick and she, they had to take care of him somehow. And then eventually she went and bought her own farm. Well, this is, this is right. And and that's the thing. We don't know. And I think this is one major flaw of this movie is that the film starts with the character perspective of Delphine and then mid film, it kind of switches to Carol. Or actually, it was weird because even Carol started taking over even at the beginning because we see her and her boyfriend at the end, you know, talking. And it's like, hold on, I thought this was Delphine's film and now we're just seeing Carol. So you're, you're tricked to believe that it's Delphine's film when in reality it's, Carol. it's Carol's film. Yeah. And, and I think that was a mistake because they should have either start, made it both of their films from the beginning or they... Um, should have kept it just as Delphine's character because Delphine we learn everything about right everything and then when we don't learn anything at the end about what happens it's like say what and that we, we, learn, we learn this little piece of what she did in the last five years and yeah and, and we don't know why and, and it's like I, like I said I, st- I still have unanswered questions which is did her parents retire finally did her father pass away did she get in a fight with her family or did she just say like when she went to france i just want to leave and, and start my own you know it, it just it felt like a facebook girlfriend trying to get in touch with a, her old boyfriend or a boyfriend trying yeah. to get in touch with a girlfriend you know like yeah i don't really want to be with you anymore because time changes but really i do yeah <laughs> it, it, it's really weird uh I mean, I don't even think that the the letter was even necessary. Um, I, I, there's another movie. How did another you know where to film. send it? An, another, yeah. That's she a said question. she was following her because she knew about some of the things she had done in that letter. What, whatever that oh, means. Right. And the news yeah, whatever. It was very vague, but she, yeah, because because even Carol, it, it was was Carol someone that was famous now or something. I mean, we don't. I mean, how could you follow someone? But either way, because it's not Facebook. You know, it's 1971, yeah, they, right? It's not like today where you just go on to Google it. But the thing that was was uh, uh, weird was was like in another French film that uh, will probably be next year. Uh, will do uh, called the blue is the warmest color. That ending. It was kind of a similar ending where the the two ex-lovers meet again but they meet and and but they didn't change their perspective so the lead character was the lead character and so we know she has regrets at the end when she instead of the letter she they just randomly bump into each other on the street and so it's much more fulfilling ending even if it's kind of a donna ending well here it's not fulfilling we just jump at ahead. all. Yeah, 
No, not fulfilling at all. We jump well, in five years. Well, we get this final we... image of Delphine looking into the sky. <laughs> right, right, right. It, it, you know what? It was almost like saying that trying. It was definitely trying to show Carol as the winner because she's truly lesbian herself. Now. She's not bi or or hetero. Yeah, and she's doing what she loves, even if. Um, I said it was political. It was like it was something that she wanted to do, and, and she's doing it. So she seems generally fulfilled, and she has a, a girlfriend now too. It mentions it doesn't say if that relationship's good or not, but she, you know, she has a, a significant other. Um, and then the other one, who you look at like, oh, she was the one that that was loyal to the family, the one that was trying to help. You know, she, she has all the regrets. <laughs> yeah, she has all the yeah, regrets. Yeah, so. So I'm thinking that the director slash writer was trying to make a point there that I don't by know. Not what lying to yourself. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, by not lying to yourself, yeah. you find your true self. And so that's the more important thing. <laughs> right, right. So and, and again, this comes down to what, like last week when I said about the gymnast, when we were talking about uh, living for yourself or living for your responsibilities, or is there some sort of happy medium? And I think they can be a happy medium. Uh, obviously, 1971 is a little more difficult than, say, in 2006 when the gymnast took place. But I don't think Daph Delphine was was bad at all. I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't even think her regrets are are bad regrets because she was helping her father and mother during a dire straight point of their life. You know, she, I would have thought she was an asshole if she said, "Nope, fuck you, mom and dad. You got, you know, you, you guys are fucked. I'm gone." Or you know, Del- but then hey, again, Bill, we came back to the bottom the first time. Phil, sorry about that. What's that? John? I'm sorry. I just want to get clarification to your point here, just to make sure that all I'm right. wrapping my head. All right, all right. So, so Delphine has to. to Delphine has to go back to the farm. Or she doesn't have to, but she does because her father had a stroke. So she heads back, and then she decides to stay so she can help her parents in dire straits. So the smart thing, if she wanted to be selfish too, would have been to sell the farm and have her parents retire, and and then she could go off and do her selfish thing. But since she didn't want to sell the farm for whatever reason, and I think it had to do with pride or something – she chose to make a decision and a responsibility. You know what I'm saying? So, so is that bad that she decided to go back and help her parents? And, and it's this movie here is trying to say that maybe it was, and it's like, I don't think so. You know, I mean, the only bad decision she made, if she really wanted to go off and live her own life was not force her mother and father to sell the farm when the father had the stroke. I think because the if they sold the farm, she just stayed in it, right? Yeah, she wanted to farm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. You know, so maybe she, yeah, so, so maybe farming was, was even more important to yeah, her than what she wanted to do than, than lesbianism. Yeah, exactly. I think farming she was, was torn because like, she really, thing. yeah, she really cared about Carol, but I think she was torn. So, so yeah, yeah, I think I think farming was was the most important thing for her happiness delphine's happiness um but i don't know the movie was trying to make a message that was strange for delphine which is not being 
not going for Carol. She made the biggest mistake of her life or something. I, I don't know what I was trying to say. I, I, I mean, again, they're, they're only together for like a few months. You're right. I mean, you know, I mean, if this in 2021, most people say you can't have be massively in love after a couple of months. That's ridiculous. So I, I don't I don't know. You know, I mean, that's one problem with a lot of films about romance is that yes. they have the relationship last and they people fall in love and and then they throw away everything or, or they don't throw everything away, everything and they all regret it. And it's like it was only a month. It's only two months. Yeah. This one well, is- it all depends on, uh, you, you know, the the end result, right? It's like anything else. It's uh, if this yeah, works, but- we're gonna look like geniuses. If it doesn't, we're gonna look like fools. You know. <laughs> right. Well, well, and that's the thing. It's, it's like uh, after two months, and then maybe they get move in together and whatever, and then within three months, it's like, oh my god, this is a disaster. You're not the same person. <laughs> well, their relationship was ultimately doomed anyway because. They were trying to keep it so secret. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were yeah. going to get caught where they were at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's By the true. way, I was assuming that the farmer who caught them making out, uh, like, in the tunnel or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the forest tunnel. Yeah, Yeah, forest tunnel. Exactly right, Phil. Um, but I thought, like, that was going to be it. Like, he was going to assault one of the two or something. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, an antagonist. And then that didn't happen. And then she didn't fall off the hay, you know, ride with the pitchfork. That didn't happen. And then the mother didn't go, well, I love you anyway. That didn't happen. I'm like, Man, this was oh, oh, and then Antoine, uh, he didn't throw her under the bus like he could have. Right? right. He could have too. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I was just waiting for that. And it didn't. But yeah, I thought he was going to be a big time antagonist. And he yeah. ended up being kind of passive. Well, and and that's the thing that I, I kind of liked about, about those parts of the films is, even though it seems that you may be more apt to not like it, but uh, that's how things usually act or react. I mean, you, you, the things that usually happen are those type of things. If this is an indie drama, this is the type of things that would kind of happen. So the farmer wouldn't be a rapist or a murderer after, oh, you, I'm going to rape you now. Yeah, that would have been in some Grindhouse B film. And that's the reason why we're, we're avoiding them for months because that's what would probably have happened in this film if this was a Grindhouse B film. But since this is a drama, the farmer is like, no, figures out what's going on. And instead of being violent and confrontational he does what probably most people would have do and which is unfortunately gossip and you know whisper and say i, I think there maybe you know you know that she's this or this um yeah. obviously that may not be as exciting for a film but i guess that's what kind of would probably really happen you know i mean uh what was that film that uh uh that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Hillary Swank was in that. She won an Academy Award for oh, where she made Boys Don't Cry. Boys Don't Cry. Oh, I, Boys, I, I, don't, I Boys Don't Cry. Right? Uh, isn't that the one? The one where she plays? Yeah. No, it's think... not Boys Don't Cry. It's called something else, though, right? No, that's it. It is called Boys Don't Cry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, see, that, 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 it was, first of all, it was based on true life. But second of all, it, it was the violent act that occurs because of it. Um, was extraordinarily out of 
place that it became a national news. And that's why the story became so huge, because not only was there a woman that everybody thought was a boy, but also she was murdered and raped in the process. And and so that story is kind of um, extraordinary in a sense, while this story here, which is not based on fact, um, is how things would usually be, which is like, there wouldn't be an act of violence probably there. I mean, again, no disrespect to LGBTQ because we all know that uh, there's been excessive violence on uh, the LGBTQ community for, for generations or for since the beginning of time for that matter. And even today. Um, but, but a lot of the problems with, with homosexuality also is rumors, innuendo, and having to uh, be discriminated against. And I think that's what this film was, was going for rather than the violent acts um, that, say, Boys Don't Cry showed occur. Yeah. You know. Right. I um, think that, you know, we grew up in the generation, um, you know, you, we all remember, you know, the Matthew Shepard story. And I think when we all heard that, we were basically yeah. like young adults. We were like all mortified when we heard heard that. Um, you know, back in, I don't know if that was like around 1990 or so, maybe around right. there, I guess. Was that the one in Wyoming, right? Yeah, exactly right. But that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, I remember we all heard that. We were all like kind of shaking. Yeah. I mean, it, there's been a lot of things that have come out since then, sure. uh, yeah. which is possibly that it was it was a drug deal that went bad or there was a gay relationship and, and the murderer didn't want it to be known. So, so I've seen a lot of documentaries um, about about that sense that show all these other possibilities that were the real truth, but obviously a homosexual being murdered the way he was murdered, where people thought it was a hate crime and it may possibly have been a hate crime though. Again, it is now being debated that it was uh, something else, a drug crime or uh, a cover up crime or something, but either way it was horrendous and, and it became a, a strong, uh, point in in the homosexual uh history um yeah. especially in the united states yeah well and certainly uh you know the way the facts were presented to us when we when it first became national news back in the day we didn't have access to any additional information that may or not have been correct or whatever so it definitely shook us and then that was like years not too many years after the whole ryan white um happened with you know he was a hemophiliac and contracted AIDS and of course he was discriminated you know not allowed there's a lot of scare and everything with all that and I know they're not really necessarily related but um you, you know when you're when you're coming of age and all these things are happening uh you, you know the violence and discrimination and all this stuff you know to, to those communities um you know is right. pretty pretty tough well to Ryan White wasn't a homosexual no no he was a kid yeah. who got homo uh, um uh what do you, what do you call it? it was dental. Yeah. It was before that was he got a yeah yeah it was it was like blood transfusion, blood transfusion. Or, or dental or something something yeah yeah. But then they wouldn't allow him to go back yeah. to the schools and everything. He was being discriminated yeah. against, and people were scared because they didn't know like what kind of disease this was yet. And you yeah. know, we were all kids back then when all that was coming out. We didn't really know what was going on with it, you know. Just that it kept getting bigger and bigger. Right. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of things. Uh, disease. I mean, obviously, AIDS is, is well known for unfortunately for in the homosexual community as a, uh, an issue with, with, with that community. But, but obviously, uh, 
just as a disease itself where people were worried that you could just get you know blood touch and you could be infected you know um no, no matter how you got it uh began to uh, be a problem too because you know we saw magic johnson when he got it um and uh, I won't speculate how he got it, but uh, when he was playing on on the court, I remember some basketball players were saying, "I don't want to play. What happens if he gets cut?" Yep. Right, you know? right. Yeah, and and then you know, and then you're hearing all these different things. Again, this is quote unquote science, as as everybody says, science. You got to follow the science. But one person is saying, science person is saying that blood on blood transfusion. Uh, I mean, blood on blood touch could give you AIDS, while other people are saying, "Oh no, the moment it hits the ear, it's dead." And, and so you get, we got all these weird mixed messages and, and whatnot. But um, I think the main point was, is that, you know, you can't, you can't discriminate against, against people for an infection. I mean, I mean, even, even uh, uh, Tom Fogarty uh, of uh, Clear, Credence, Clear. Credence Clearwater Revival. Thank you. Credence Clearwater Revival. Tom Fogarty, uh, the, the, the guitarist, he actually got AIDS from a, uh, blood transfusion too, and and he died of, of AIDS because of that, and 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 you know no one knew about it in, in, until you know by the time he passed away, but and he wasn't gay. He got it again like Brian White did. So so yeah, I mean again, I don't know how this necessarily relates to the movie by any means, but but again, um, it's an interesting topic, you know. We, I mean, yeah, we're just talking about you know, the discrimination that people of that community have faced. Uh, certainly I can remember when I was a kid and even if Ryan White, who was a child when he contracted AIDS through a blood transfusion, got it at that time, people, there was a sect of the people that thought that only you could only get AIDS if you were gay. That was a whole other thing about science and stuff like that. Then you find out these, you know, this poor kid got it. So, you know, I get it. It just goes back to the, discrimination in the uh, the thing that you know people in that community have faced like you said phil since the dawn of times probably right 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 yeah, yeah and it I affected mean, uh, like, going back to the movie it affected delphine because it made her choose between one or the other right she couldn't have yeah. both right 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 yeah yeah i mean i mean uh who's that uh famous what Wyona judd uh what uh, Naomi Judd. Naomi. Why? Which one's the mother? The redheaded mother, the pretty woman. But that's Winona. Winona. Okay, so yeah, when she came out, she got hepatitis. I remember hepatitis C, and that was a new disease too at the time that people didn't know about. And she came out publicly um, to talk about it, and um, you know, and then since then, many many other famous people have as well. And that, that was another one that that. And that's not related to the homosexual community at all. But um, I remember when those folks were getting discriminated against too. Because again, that was another blood transfusion disease that everybody panicked. It's like, oh my god, am I going to get get it because I I kissed you or something? So um, yeah, it, it you know I mean it's uh, I don't know. But but again again disease and AIDS and and I don't, I don't know. It, that's yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm misunderstood hepatitis. It's it's just what is what it is, right? I mean, I don't know. On that, I mean, we're going through it now. I mean, we learn. I mean, science is about learning. We don't always know everything right away, and so it changes as we go. So, yeah, yeah, and and a lot of it is political as well. Yeah. There are people political that use it. That I mean, way. I, I mean, you you made a good point. I'm not agreeing with you in this instance, but your point was was taken. 
which is you know the doctor in this movie talking about a bo- pro pro life. He you you said he was talking about it as if he's a scientific expert, and and again that may you know these women are saying aren't necessarily agreeing with it. So so yeah, I mean that's 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 the problem with, with even science now. It's all politicized. So. Yep. Um. Yeah, how did we get that way? That's that's the question. But uh, yeah, ultimately, oh, Barry, you make an excellent you get a, you make an excellent point. I think is that ultimately it costs Delphine her her at least temporary happiness. Um, the fact of uh, the fact that she would be discriminated against and whatever, and so she basically you know had to make a choice, and that's terrible because the reality is is that the similar choice, everything being equal in a heterosexual. Um, relationship probably don't have to make that choice unless well, it's, uh, it's really interesting because that. she was the one that knew who she was first right she right. led the other woman to who she was going to become but she knew who she was but she couldn't really be who she was right also also i i don't even know if they are, that relationship would have worked anyway because again that doesn't mean she can't be happy because I, right. i've always stated that it's just random luck that when you find a true love, because, you know, if we were all born in Japan or Russia or Thailand or, or Egypt, we would have never met our spouse because they're in different countries. So we would have met someone else. And and there's no such thing as a true love because it's just, you know, if we were born and our parents had moved us to uh, Wisconsin, when we were two, we, and, and, or if we went to college, in, in Kansas, when we were 18, we would have met someone else, you know, you know, so it's just random luck and there's multiple people that anybody could meet. So uh, who says Carol is her true happiness? I don't right. think so. And I don't even think Carol would have been true happiness because if she want, wanted to be a farmer, would Carol stayed rural? Or I don't think so. I don't either. I agree with you. I don't think she wanted to be farming. She was ultimately going to go back to Paris. Yeah, I, I, I exactly. So, I, I don't, I don't think her, she lost her true happiness at all. I think it was just a moment that she regrets that she lost, but she still could find someone somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, who I loved back when I was eighteen is not who I'm married to. So, right, exactly. <laughs> And 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 like I said, if you never met your life, you know, you randomly you met her, however you met her, you would have been married to someone else, or anyway, lonely. <laughs> I, I, you know, well, if if you couldn't meet another woman, then you're a loser. But I mean, you know, I mean, you just go to Richmond downtown to a local bar, and and you would have met someone else or whatever, you know, wherever you lived when you were 18, or whenever you met your wife, you know. So and and again, your whole life would have changed. If you your parents moved you from Buffalo to Boise, Idaho instead, when you were two, I don't know. Portland, but, Maine, or Portland, Oregon, for that matter. That's it, right. It turned out to be St. Cloud, Minnesota, when I was in sixth grade. There you go. So you know, so your life would have could have been changed if you didn't move there and you moved to Manchester, New Hampshire instead. Uh, but, uh, Jack Torrance has a great line. That's absolutely John. Um, but on a side note, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. I mean, pe- I mean, maybe for some people it is when something like this happens and they regret it for the, until the day they die. But I think those people 
uh, living in in a behavioral health issue bubble because Family's purgatory. Well, I think yeah. everybody has regrets. Like she sent that letter because she did regret it, but I think she had moved on, and that's why she said, "You can't turn back time. Yeah. You can only move forward." Right, but yeah, she, didn't she didn't have to send regrets the, at the train station. She just said, "I look back on it," didn't she? Uh, she said the word regret at some point in that letter, but she didn't even have to send her letter either. No, right? but that's so, what shows that she regrets it. You wouldn't even send the letter if you weren't thinking about it. Yeah, but, but but you could still regret it without ever sending the letter. That's right? true. But, but that again, definitely shows she regretted it by sending the letter. Well, I guess it, it also is more engaging of a film moment to have a letter sent rather than yeah. just ending the film without a letter. Right. Yeah. Um, but I I don't um, think the letter was needed or that she needed to even send it. Um, yeah. If if anything, it, it just it kind of put a lie to what she was saying in the letter because she was basically saying we can't you know hey how's it going but we can't turn back time so we'll forever be apart but then why are you sending the letter because now you're making contact. Right, right. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like it it's takes like someone returning that contact. You know, it's like. Yeah, unless unless she's sending it hoping to, no, I can't believe she's sending it hoping to get together again because she claims that she's no. been stalking her for the past five years. Um, but, I mean, it's not like because it's like you know what happens if you out of the blue got an email from or an instant message on Facebook from some ex girlfriend, and they said started saying all this stuff. It's like, why is she saying this? Sending this? It's like it's just weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I had an ex-girlfriend send me a message in Facebook, and I just didn't answer it. And but maybe she was <laughs> trying to get back together. Because it was like, I don't even remember them, barely. Unless she was I don't trying care to get... about them anymore. Was she trying to get back together with you? No, just saying hi, wanting to be friends. But I'm like, you know, that was like 25 years ago. <laughs> oh, so oh, so you didn't you didn't accept the friendship? No, I was like, Why? We yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to open Pandora's box. Well, I know it's like it's like you know ninety percent of the people I've accepted as friends. It's like why did I accept them? Because they're all like, like people from elementary school and high school and college. Or whatever. It's like I don't, I don't know who who are you people? <laughs> like I didn't talk to you then. Why do I want to talk to you now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very uh, the whole social media thing is very odd. Social media is a terrible place. It's a cesspool of hate. It's a rotten place. I hate it. It's just full of hate and people that you don't want to talk to anymore, including yeah. myself. Yeah. Oh, I, and and it also sucks too because they intentionally don't allow you to, um, not close down, um, comments. You should be able to post things without allowing people to comment. So I don't even post anything anymore because I don't. I just don't even want to trolls. So I don't even want to have to weed out the trolls anymore. Like me, messaged don't even you use the other anymore. day and got your whole post closed off. Yeah, that was a weird. But that had nothing. That wasn't really a troll. That that was just a. That was on the dark discussions page. So that's different. That was, you know, what I'm saying. It, but I'm talking about if I wanted to write, I make a political statement. Like for example, I wanted to write today. I almost wrote it, but I said I'm not going to because I'm going to get trolls. I was going to say the G7 stands for seven jackasses or something like that. Um, or and then you know if I had to expand, I would have said uh, it's seven leaders who were elected. Greedy by seven. What's that? 
The greedy seven. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, or, or narcissists. Seven, the, the seven narcissists who think they, they're better than every other country in the world or something. You know. But I didn't post it because I knew I was going to get trolls. There's this one guy from – but the point is, is that I just don't want the trolls. And I should be able to write a comment – I mean write a, a post and then shut off comments and not have anybody comment. And if they don't like my post, they just block me or unfriend me. I you know, long before to... Facebook, there were, you know, a lot of um, forums and stuff. And I used to get on gaming forums and I would get locked in these these troll struggles because <laughs> I could I would always take the bait. And so after about five years, I, I was like, I don't know why I always fall for this. I just need to stay out of this comment, you know, and leave yeah. this thread. I don't need to respond. It's not worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I even set my my uh, Facebook posts where certain friends and family can't even see any of my posts anymore. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess we can probably wrap this one up here. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up that we missed? Because, you know, once we're starting talking about AIDS, we're off way off target. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, this this movie begs a lot of issues in it. So it, it was easy to go on a tangent because it it kind of delves into a lot of different problems like people have. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, like I said, one of the first things I noticed in this film immediately was intersectionality uh that moment because why else why did they even have that scene in the in the film? Because it really doesn't add anything to You talking about the gay friend? Yeah, the male, yeah, the one they, they pick off pick get from the mental institution. I mean That was a fun scene though. <laughs> I, I whether it was a fun scene or not, it, it really had nothing to do with the plot really except to do intersectionality um you know and then you know i don't know you know so there's a lot of things that they added to the film um and whatnot and and even like um i guess punishing delphine by the end of the film there was a statement there too you know and i I don't know if i agree with it but so there's a lot to talk about i guess you know yeah i agree i agree there's there's a it's a pretty late pretty well layered movie a lot of uh things a lot of different topics to talk about yeah well i don't even know if it's layered because a lot of it was so blatant you know i mean layered would be you can interpret it multiple ways, but I see your point though, John. Uh, what are you going to say, Brett? Well, it's interesting. Cause I like, I think I like the gymnast more, but this one, I feel like we had a lot more to talk about generally. Right. Yeah. I like um, the gymnast a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the gymnast doesn't have politics at all in it. Right. So you don't, we're not going to go off on these interesting tangents that we did for this. Film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the gymnast was more of a character study. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's weird though. I remember watching this film the first time and I liked it a whole bunch more than I did now, uh, was watching it the second time. And I kind of, I guess we went over the reasons why, but, um, yeah, the gymnast, uh, is definitely, there are definitely different types of films. So if you are an LGBTQ subgenre art house, lo- uh, film lover, that doesn't mean you're going to love one and like, love the other. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like any like any other genre, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you, you can like love Greenland, but you can think um, some other or well, Armageddon sucks. You know, even you know, it's just, it's whatever floats your boat. Um, there's good 
and bad and which both. is funny because I think Greenland wasn't as good because it was trying to be more factual. Yeah, <laughs> and the maybe. people were just stupid. Whereas Armageddon, I think, was just big dumb fun. Popcorn. Right. Oh, right, right, right. How dare you insult Greenland? It's an American treasure of a film. Yeah, Greenland was, was trying to show people suck. <laughs> so, all right. So, let's. Uh, anything else anybody want to say, or should we wrap this one up here? We can wrap it up. All right. So, um, Barrett, uh, um, Actually, that's pretty much it. Yeah, this is this is. The, I was gonna say, what are we doing as the theme? And, and we're actually recording that episode. <laughs> well, we got to give our final thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I know, but I was gonna do the house cleaning first. But there oh, really yeah. is no house cleaning, uh, except email darkdiscussions at aol dot com, and we will read your uh, email on the podcast. Unless it's cordial. Hit. Yeah. If if it's if it's trolling or anything like that, we just delete it. And uh, we won't look at any more emails that you send. Um, but if you if it's just a if it's a legitimate email, give your opinions on the film or other LGBTQ films that you like or any, anything that's Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews because we do horror films and art, uh, grindhouse films and other art house films. So uh, send it over and we'll uh, take a look and we'll read your uh, email on the podcast if it is cordial. Um, so let's give our final thoughts on this movie here. So uh, let's start with you, Johnny. Uh, final thoughts on the film. Um, worth a watch. I uh, enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I uh, didn't like it. I didn't love the movie. It was a little bit too much of a slow burn for me. And I, I was waiting for some type of climactic crescendo type deal in the movie. And it never really happened. Um, it was definitely well acted. Um, and it was an absolutely beautiful movie to watch. So um, yeah, give it a watch uh, probably one time. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it's definitely going to uh, be an acquired taste film. Uh, depends on uh, what you uh, like. Uh, I will state that uh, some people won't like the film for various political reasons, um, so keep that in mind. Uh, others may not like it, uh, as as Johnny said. You know, it's kind of a slow burn, um, but. Uh, others may love the film. Uh, the critics have, have surely have. Um, so it may be something of, uh, to view. Uh, my personal thoughts, um, I liked it less the second time I watched it, oddly. Um, well, not necessarily oddly, but but either way, uh, yeah, I wasn't as big of a fan of it as I was the first time I watched it. Um, but uh, generally, it's a decent film. And um, yeah, it's 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 uh solid enough Bert. yeah um i liked the film i did not love the film so i'm there with the rest of you um i feel it was a very beautifully filmed movie um it definitely evokes emotion um and the story's pretty good but there it's just kind of neutral um and it brings you to this place where it just kind of ends in a sad way and you just I don't know. I like sad endings, but this one didn't work for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. Not great. It's worth watching once. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, sad are good. Sad endings are good. It's just that this one wasn't uh, fulfilling. Yes, that's probably the better word. Yeah, I, I yeah. love sad, sad endings, you know, but yeah. this one was not fulfilling in the way it ended. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, one other thing about this film uh, that's, that's kind of funny. Um, so I actually bought the movie 
uh, on disc about uh, back in 2019 or whatever when I was uh, reviewing it in a 10-minute segment of an earlier episode of Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. And it, and so when I got it from, from the online retailer, um, the disc had popped out of its holder. So when I opened it, it was all scratched up. Oh, so that. Oh, it's terrible. So I sent it back for a replacement four times Ooh. and four times it happened believe it or not so i finally was going to get it a fifth time but the company uh, i'll just say the, the, the online company amazon stopped selling it probably because of me because i kept on returning it four times and so most <laughs> maybe all the discs were popping out um so finally i so i couldn't buy it now, it's back like two months later it finally popped up again for sale by amazon but they had shut it down for some reason most likely because of my discovery and uh then i bought it out from a, a third party through amazon and that one came fingers crossed that it wouldn't pop up because it's, what do you do when a third party it happens and it came uh, appropriate and it wasn't uh, loose and scratched up. So uh, my little story on that. Um, also, um, for folks who are curious, we're recording this on uh, June 14th, 2021, because sometimes these episodes don't come out the very next day. Flag uh, day. What's that? Flag day. That's right. Flag day. That's exactly right. Uh, everybody should be uh, uh, flying American flags. We have a a bunch of little ones uh, lined uh, down our driveway. Um, so um, I guess uh, a couple other things for this film. Again, it stars uh, uh, a number of uh, people of note in France, specifically the three lead women that we mentioned, Cécile de France is probably the most famous. And again, is uh, a lot of horror fans know her from a number of films um, the hereafter and um, high tension. Uh, Isia Higelin uh, played Delphine. She um, is known as mostly as a rock musician in France. And then Naomi, I think that's how you say it, Levosky, who uh, played the mother Monique. Uh, and she's, I think that uh, actress that has been nominated the most for supporting actress in the Caesar Award history. So that's kind of interesting. Um, And uh, the film was directed by Catherine Corsini and written by Catherine Corsini for folks who are curious, readily available anywhere VOD is, and you can actually buy the disc as I mentioned. Uh, So that's pretty much it. So uh, with all that stated, Johnny, why don't you lead us out? Oh, you know what, Phil, I'm gonna um, let with my um, I'm, my the words aren't uh, rolling off my tongue tonight. I'm going to see if Barrel will lead us out next next week's uh, psychotronic boutique uh, segment. I will do much better. I promise. All right, so Barrel, why don't you lead us out then? Since Johnny, I guess passes back the torch. To hey, you. I totally understand. I did that a lot. Um, thanks for joining us on Halloween Boutique, boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Join us next week when we do another one of these films for this theme month, Pride Month. 